<laughs> Nailed it. Do we do this every time? Oh, we started. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We just we start, I guess. You know, um, we can edit that out with uh, Rob and Jack. I'm I'm Jack. I'm Rob. Last episode, we were going to talk about uh, our misspent youth or our childhood. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So uh, I assume you came very well prepared for uh, talking about these things. No, I didn't. How about you? Uh, I didn't really either. Uh, <laughs> I Just, spent I spent most of my adult life repressing my childhood, so maybe uh-huh, I, uh-huh. maybe this yeah. was just a way to sort of keep that tradition going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to say I had a lot going on this week, but I I really didn't. Maybe that's part of the problem, you know. We're in the middle of a pandemic with so much free time. uh, It's hard to figure out what the hell to do with it, you know? Yeah. Like a creative block on life. A creative block on life? Is that a thing? I mean, I guess it is now. Okay, okay. I mean, you can have a creative block like writing and drawing and and making music and stuff. But uh, maybe you can also have a creative block on living. Because some people's lives are their their, uh, art project situationism performance art tell me more no i didn't come prepared (laughs) do you get creative block often well since i am kind of a blockhead you would think so but i don't really have creative block as much as i just have just straight up being lazy you know i think part of being creative is just the act of doing it i think a lot of times it takes a lot to get to that point where you're just doing it because if I'm drawing or painting or anything like that, first step is usually uh, taking out your brushes or your pencils and your paper, you know. But sometimes it's really hard to just to get to that point. It's kind of like running. It's really a difficult thing to just go running. But if you start putting your running shoes on and your running pants and your running shirt and all your running paraphernalia, then by the time you got everything on, you feel kind of stupid if you're just sitting there in your apartment. So you kind of have to run. Know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. I think a lot of creativity is just uh, the act of doing I think everybody's creative in general. I think a lot of people just don't know how to start, you know? For me, at least, trying to write a song when I'm experiencing creative block can be really difficult because, yeah, I could just start strumming chords or or something, but I feel like I always at least have this innate pressure to come up with a really good beginning, come up with a really good first verse. And if I don't have that immediate spark, it makes me not even want to try. So okay, I'll okay. just keep myself from from starting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's 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 one thing in in creative writing classes is where they do automatic writing. You sit down and if you have nothing to write, you just write over and over again. I have nothing to write about. I have nothing to write about. You know, until you get to the point where you get bored of doing that and you actually start writing. Uh, for me, sometimes I do automatic drawing where I will just take a piece of 
recycled paper and some big markers and just start making a mess on the, on the paper just to uh, you know lis- listening to the music or having a conversation with somebody and just uh, uh, make a mess just to just to start the active part of it so I'm, I'm i'm wondering if there's like something related to that with music where where you could just write a song okay well part of it is just starting with the first chords just start strumming and and then automatic strumming <laughs> i guess like uh maybe the other side of that with music is uh if i'm feeling really uninspired and i can't create something i'll maybe uh start learning one of my favorite songs and learn how yeah, to play you know, that yeah i'll do that sometimes I'll, I'll copy master art uh every once in a while you know sometimes i'll take a another scratch piece of paper and, and put up a drawing that i really like from a master and just uh sketch it out real quick you know without without erasing or anything not to try and do anything masterful myself or make an authentic recreation or whatever it's weird like i feel like when I was a kid, my mind was so much more geared towards being creative. Like I felt like I just had so much more access to that part of my brain where I could just invent stuff out of thin air and yeah. just roll with it and let my imagination run. And, uh-huh. you know, as I got older, I think maybe I just got like too introspective or self-conscious or something. And it kind of sucks that I don't feel like I have that same access to, mm-hmm. you know, pure creativity like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, like when I was talking about automatic drawing, uh, we naturally do that as as children. We just start making a mess with no intention of, you know, selling it or putting it up in a gallery or having the the, the generations look at it with awe and wonder. You know, we just do it to do it. I think as, as children, we're just naturally drawn to being creative because our brains are so active that we get bored really fast, you know. And instead of being bored and being lazy like we are as adults, we get bored and we get creative as kids. So Mm -hmm. we just start making things not for the end result, but just for the act of making it, you know? I mean, I do a lot of drawings on recycled paper that I throw away. And sometimes I'll take a picture and post it online and people go, oh, this is really nice. Why are you throwing all of it away? It's like uh, part of it is just for me the, the process, you know, to get that process going. I don't give a shit what it looks like. Okay, actually that did come out nice. So I take a picture and post it. But I don't, uh, the point is the process, not not the not the finish, you know, or you, or the Swedish <laughs> or the Swedish. <laughs> do you do you think that? Just make sure you're not Russian at it. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> oh man, do you, do you think that like the access to all this information, like the internet and being able to stream any movie we want to see, and you know. Do you think all of the access to this information like made us lazy and hinders our, our creativity or does it make it better? No, I mean, I think people are still creative. Uh, kids are still creative, you know, whether they want. I think kids are creative whether they want to be or not. I think they just do it. As a, uh, there's a drive to do it. I think there's a drive for humans to be creative, too. But I think we get a little turned around as we get to be adults and think that creative drive uh, means that we should have kids were you really uh, geared towards art from a young age yeah yeah I, de- I definitely was i mean i love comic books because uh comic books were escapism you know and uh couldn't really afford to uh buy all the comic books i wanted to be reading constantly so i started drawing them myself you know and that's kind of how i started uh, with, with uh, the 
the visual art that I do. How about you? Uh, you were like playing music and doing visual art at an early age? Or? I started learning how to play piano when I was six. Because, you know, Asian kid, gotta learn how right. to play piano from early age. So I had like the musical... Oh, wait a minute, I said right, but is that a thing? I didn't... It's totally a thing. Okay, I wasn't paying attention. I, I was I feel like a drink uh, of beer. I'm, I mean, I don't know if this is uh, universal among... I thought it was the violin. Yeah, violin's pretty common. Violin and yeah. piano, I think, are the two most okay, common. You, you, get a, you get a choice between one of the two. And I don't know if it's universal. I don't really know if it's universal among every single Asian culture, uh-huh. but a lot of the, at least the Asian Americans that I know, mm-hmm. all have kind of a similar story. Like, yeah, mom put me in violin lessons when I was okay. like six. And I think there was maybe that stems from some sort of cultural expectation that you know, you start training your, your kids musically early on and it helps them become, helps develop their brain, makes well, them more I successful. I mean, you never you know. know if your child's a prodigy, you know? That's true. And how would you know unless you put a put an instrument in front of them? <clears throat> Maybe I was a prodigy. <laughs> I think... Uh, how I, do you know when you're not a prodigy? <laughs> you just suck your whole life? <laughs> yeah, but how many... <laughs> How many people There's suck their whole life and have no idea, too? <laughs> right? Yeah, this is true. A lot of people do suck and they don't even know it. I think uh, when I was a kid, I was always really engaged in art class. I was always really yeah. into playing with clay and uh, mm-hmm. making paintings and drawings and shit. But uh, I never, as a kid, thought that that's what my path was going to be. It was just something that I always did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's um, what I'm saying. As a kid, you just do it. Yeah. You know? oh. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I I was like obsessed with like the world of like spies and secret agents. And I think mm-hmm. maybe deep down inside, that's really what I wanted to be. So mm-hmm. a lot of my like imagination spark and stuff was like me playing out you know, these uh, action sequences of being a spy and I would Mm -hmm. be running around my house with like a cap gun and hiding behind corners and speaking into like hidden microphones and stuff, you know. (laughs) I mean, I think they were pretty hidden if they weren't even there. (laughs) So here's here's a good one. Speaking of creativity as children, you played with things that weren't necessarily toys. What toys did you have as a child that weren't actually toys? Okay. I mean, I used to play a, a drum of Quaker Oats. <laughs> a, a barrel of Quaker Oats? Or yeah, you know, the, the, the cylinder Quaker thing? O- yeah, Quaker Oats came in a cylinder. You beat on it like a drum. It's a great thing, you know? Well, I had a, an arsenal of tennis racket guitars. Nice. Oh, yeah. See, you're a guitar player. I was a drummer. Yeah. If only we would have met back then, we could have had an awesome band. <laughs> a really awesome band. Singing about boogers. And- you know, when I was a kid uh, in my parents' basement, the house was built in the 70s. So, like, there was all of this, like, ephemera from the 70s still left over well into my adult life. Yeah, cool. And uh, in the basement, you know, it's all, like, wood paneling on the walls. On the on the carpet, there was this sort of, like, geometric pattern carpet that was all red, mm-hmm. brown, and orange. Oh, yeah, I can see and it so, in my head. like, yeah. the, there was these 
you know, kind of big square brown patterns with like this big red mm-hmm. background. So I imagine that the floor was the red parts were lava and mm-hmm. the brown parts were the rocks that you could safely step okay. on. So whenever I went down in the basement, and the basement was also where all my toys were. Okay. okay. So when I went into the basement, I was immediately in like a subterranean lava layer kind of thing. And I had to jump on the brown parts of the carpet to get to the safe zone where I could, yeah, you know, set your, up a G.I. Joe base or something. World. Yeah. You know, so you were doing your spy stuff down in the basement in your creative world, Uh, (laughs) hopping from rock to rock, you know, I was, I mean, you know, a good secret agent should be able to hop from rock to rock over lava. We've seen that happen before. I had sort of hybrid worlds that I made out of Legos, uh-huh. uh, G.I. Joe stuff, okay. and uh, this thing called Constructs. And 80s kids will know what Constructs is. Constructs ah, was like this. Constructs was like, a, they were kind of like Legos. They had like these connector pieces and these sort of long. Okay, like, okay. Bro, yeah. Bro, bro, bro. And I sort of got it. And I head. think the world yeah. Constructs lived in was sort of in space, sort of not. Okay, so you, okay. You would make these kind of like geodesic shapes and, you know, maybe there was like a moon. Sputnik kind of stuff. Sputnik kind no, of stuff. Okay, moon okay. rover kind of vehicles and stuff that you nice, made. Nice. So I built uh, like a base out of constructs and my G.I. Joes and my Lego people all coincided there and fought each other, uh-huh. you know, in brutal wars and stuff like that. See, I was, I was a dumb kid because uh, I'd go over to my cousins and they had Legos, but I would just try and make a, a, a bigger square out of the smaller square. <laughs> <laughs> and it was difficult. It was. Because they they were poor kids, too. They just had a big box of mix, mix mashed. I'm going I'm to coin that term. Uh, mix mashed uh, Legos that uh, you really had to, you know, spend some time making a, a perfect square out of smaller squares what was like the first piece of creative art or something that you made that you can like identify as being such uh, one thing i remember is that uh it was i think it was first grade and our first grade teacher had everyone draw their shoe and i did a perfect photographic I mean, in my mind, it was a perfect photographic representation of a shoe, but I'm sure it wasn't, you know, but I, re- I remember it was really good. And my teacher was super impressed and she put it at the the top of the, 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 you know, she pinned them all on the board top to bottom. And I was at the very top. She was like, oh, this is just amazing, you know? And I, and I thought, yeah, I, I, I can do that, you know? So it's it's funny because I I do photo representational tattoos and it's funny that it, at, even at that age you know I kind of had a a bit of a knack for it you know how about you what, what was your first uh, first artistic memory I mean I always had to draw stuff in elementary school and you know you'd have an assignment you know draw your family or whatever so I'd draw my dog and my parents and my sisters mm-hmm. or whatever really actually the first creative thing I can really remember doing was the first song I wrote on piano Oh yeah, and you know. Oh, you wrote it. You got good enough at piano to where you could write a song. It wasn't like a full developed song with okay, like okay, a yeah. you know verse, chorus, and a bridge or anything. But uh-huh. um, you know, when you're studying piano, there's no room for you to write something of yourself. Right. Like they, you're just they, learning. 
Other, yeah, you're learning things. scales, you're learning chopsticks, and learning, scales. you know, some early classical pieces. I was mm-hmm. studying like ragtime, like Scott Joplin stuff, okay. the Charlie Brown theme song, which is still one of the only piano songs I can play to this day. Oh, nice. Uh, I want to hear you play that sometime. <laughs> crack the fuck up. Um, That's good. But there was never a point in any, and I always thought this was weird about piano. Uh-huh. There was never a point ever in my piano upbringing where my teacher was encouraging me to go home and write a song. Right. So I remember sitting, we had a piano in our basement. I was messing around with the keys. I was practicing. And then my mind started wandering and I came up with like a sequence Mm -hmm. on the piano, like a a minute long or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I kind of remember the song and I was playing on my keyboard the other day and uh, I started playing it (laughs) and it's kind of goth. Like it's a little dark and it's a little insidious and it kind of has this like, did you have lyrics to it? No, no, no. I never, I never got that far. That would have been rad. I remember when I when I first <laughs> played it, I was it? like, "Holy shit!" Right. I just I just unlocked something. This is this is like the right, this right. is the sequence that's gonna be like a masterpiece someday. <laughs> but but the, but the teacher is not teaching you creativity per se. She's teaching you the the the, the fundamentals of the the instrument. You know, uh, I mean, if she could teach you creativity. She wouldn't be a piano teacher. That's true. She'd be a piano performer. It's true. Know? I don't ever remember her playing anything of her own creation. It was always probably had nothing, you, you know? know. And mm-hmm. that's I mean, piano's kind of a weird instrument like that. I feel like with guitar, right? You you're more a, geared learn a power to power chord and rip out a song. You're more yeah. geared to be writing your own music, but with piano, it's kind of like one of these classical things that. Uh. You're primarily learning technique and classics, but uh-huh. you're never pushed to uh, make your own shit. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, it is, it is a complicated instrument. So I think there's a lot to learn kind of before you can really get to that point. If you want, you know, yeah. you, can, you can just bang on the keyboards and m- make some noise, you know, which is valid as well. But, you know, if it doesn't really go anywhere, then it's just uh, atonal. And uh, is, is that even music you know some people would say yes of course but uh-huh. you know yeah jerry lee lewis you know who just banged on on the keyboard like a madman but he still he knew how to play the fuck out of a piano yeah, you yeah know? for sure so there you go you know maybe, yep. maybe you need to get to that point you know what i mean it's like we're talking about creativity again it's like picasso uh you look at the blue period and and periods around that where, where he could do representational stuff but he learned it and then threw it all away and reinvented from there but i don't know if he could have gotten to that point without knowing the beginning in colorado at the time they had this uh this annual competition Mm -hmm. and all the kids that were like studying piano and learning piano had to go uh and perform in this like competitive recital thing oh no terrible we'd go to actually the high school i'd end up going to boulder high and uh on a saturday and you had to you had to study like uh church hymns and classical pieces and basic stuff and you had to dress up and there was like you'd go into one of the classrooms they had a fucking piano in there Mm -hmm. and there would be a team of judges that would like sit and judge you and mark you on uh, your technique and your poise and your points and everything and if you got a if you got a certain number of points they gave you a trophy Nowadays, you'd get a trophy for participating. Yeah, totally. But you actually had to to get a certain amount of points. Yeah. So you didn't really have a first place, 
second place, third place, you had you got enough points to get a trophy. Yeah, which is almost like participation, but you still have to have a, a certain. You still level. had to make it. You couldn't go there and bomb, and they would give you right, a trophy. Right, right, right. Which I think is kind of a better way of doing it instead of just giving everybody a trophy. It's like cool. Everybody gets a trophy if you actually did something to earn it you know yeah so it's funny at my parents house uh, my sisters were all in piano as well so on top of our piano there's all of our trophies from from these competitions because they had mm-hmm. to do it you know seven right. and nine years prior to me so it, right. it's this long-standing tradition and it, it, it's just funny that that was like an element because mm-hmm. that was the only time I was ever competitive creatively, I think. Okay, okay, okay. So you don't think you're competitive creatively anymore? I mean, I, I'm competitive with myself. I don't yeah. feel like I, you know, sometimes I I enter like photo competitions and stuff. Yeah, just, okay, okay, okay. You know, just for the hell of it. For the hell of it. But I try really hard not to think of myself too much in relation to other artists because it gets really dark and depressing when you do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You start thinking about how much better everybody else is than you, and you might not even keep going at that point. You know? Yeah, and this is, I think, one. this is one of those things that leads to creative block for me is like, when I start losing, you know, some self-confidence in my own creative ability, mm-hmm. it makes me freeze up. It's hard to get that uh, initial uh, motion going. Mm-hmm. So you don't think if you did any sort of automatic drawing, automatic writing, automatic strumming on the guitar that you could uh, bypass that? I think I could. I just need to try it. And mm. it's just a matter of discipline. And I think what I found over the years, particularly with creative work, whether it's writing or photography or you know any of the other disciplines I get into, that it's overwhelmingly laziness and lack of discipline that prevents me from doing work as opposed to this concept of, well, I'm just having creative block and I can't like uh, produce anything. And most, I'd say 95% of the time, it's actually coming from within. There's that one saying, inspiration is 1%. What the fuck is it? Oh, Uh, the Woody Allen quote. Is it? Okay. Okay. Uh, 90% of success is showing up. Yeah, there's that, but there's the other one where it's like, like, uh, date your daughter. (laughs) No. Not, not me. He wasn't saying that to me. He was for the audience. He wasn't saying that. To me. I don't have a daughter. Oh, really? I don't have a daughter. He that's, was saying that, that too. No, no, right? Uh, but that's true for everybody. Um, so anyway, innovation is one percent inspiration and ninety percent motivation. Okay. You know, it's something like that. It's uh, maybe Patton said it. Somebody like that. I don't know why that popped into my head. That's pretty random. Stay tuned next week and I will uh, have Googled the quote and let you know what it actually is. Uh, Right now you can uh, sit back in mystery wondering what the fuck I am talking about. I'm doing that in real time. Okay. (laughs) I know. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, what kind of a kid were you? 
quiet kid. Didn't really talk. Yeah. Uh, spent all my time by myself. I mean, before masturbation, you know, like I was a quiet kid. Spent all my time by myself. Yeah, I wonder what you were doing. Uh, no, before all that, I, I spent all my time by myself drawing my pictures from comic books and drawing my own comic books. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's about it. You know, really didn't really get into uh, making friends and stuff like that until uh, I discovered marijuana and heavy metal. Excellent combination. They go really oh. well together. I mean, I still listen to heavy metal. I really don't smoke marijuana anymore. It makes me too uh, paranoid. You know, I'm one of them paranoid pot smokers. It, uh, it was great when I was a teenager, but then I think certain certain hormones and chemicals change in your body at a certain age that about like 17, 18, it just uh, flipped and I just, I couldn't smoke pot anymore at all. Otherwise I would go fucking completely mental. Yeah. Once, once I, once I discovered those things, then I started making friends because we all listened to the same music back then. Nobody really cared whether you were cool or not. Oh, you know, this band and you know that band. Okay. You're cool. And I could draw all the pictures for all the like, you know, fake metal bands that we were starting you know shit like that people liked having me around for drawing like uh, metal logos and metal designs when i actually started being social you know stopped smoking pot and started drinking heavily and that's when you really make friends and then got into punk rock and that's when the whole world opened up <laughs> alcoholism and punk rock that's 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 how i met everybody how about you what were you like as a kid quiet kid reserved see it's mentally crazy it's weird i kind of I kind of did a bit of a, a roller coaster. So when I was a kid, when I was really young, first through sixth grade or whatever, I had a lot of behavioral problems. Okay. Awkwardly enough, I couldn't stop talking in class. So huh. I, would, I would sit down and uh, as soon as someone sat next to me, I started distracting him. I was like, hey, check this out, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'd be all over the place and the teachers uh -huh. would get really frustrated. And multiple times this happened over the course of my education, they would stop class and they would call me out and they'd be like, okay. And I was right. Robbie back then. I, was, I went by Robbie. So I was Robbie. 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 <laughs> well, I've called you Robbie many times. So um, mostly they'd be, it's they'd be like, Robbie, what did I just say? And without skipping a beat, I would repeat verbatim what they had been talking about for like the last five minutes. Okay. Even though I was engaged with somebody else. So the yeah. teachers got frustrated because I was getting really good grades, but my behavioral grades, because we got graded on behavior back in the 80s. Yeah were really bad so they tried all this different stuff they put me on like a behavioral system where i had to you know behave the entire day and get like a smiley face stamp on a okay. post-it okay, okay. and if i didn't get that then i would be in trouble if oh, i okay. got like five in a row then you know my dad would take me to mcdonald's or some shit okay, okay. so I, I was kind of like that all the way until middle school. And then when I got to middle school, that's sort of when like I started uh, delving into like, you know, subculture stuff. And I got really into like the cure and skinny puppy and I got into goth music and mm -hmm. that was my break. And when that yeah. happened, I became quiet. It's really weird. Like I was, huh. I was really super talkative okay. and I was super engaged socially. And then when, you know, I started getting older, I became a lot more reserved. Huh, that was the complete opposite for me. Yeah, it's weird. Interesting. Yeah. But I was I was the same way in class as you were, except I, I wasn't talking. I was drawing 
on on uh, anything I could find with a, with a pencil, you know. So uh, the teachers would always get pissed. Uh, same kind of thing, you know. What was I talking about? Repeat it back to them. It's like oh, I was listening. It just it was kind of boring. So I was like, yeah, exactly. Occupying yeah, sure. my time uh, drawing, you know. Uh, I think both you and I, not to not to give each other compliments, you know, on live television, but uh, <laughs> uh, we were we were both a little bit ahead of the curve. I think so. I think definitely so. I was I was at a higher reading level than I was supposed to be in my class. Yeah, me, me so as well. Yeah. I felt like when I was burning through assignments and stuff, I would just read. I would read an assignment and like half the time I was supposed to finish it, and then I would just be left to my own devices yeah, while everyone was kept working. So that's when I just started chatting people up and being like, Hey, did you, did you see the fly? That movie was messed up. And, and, <laughs> and since you were bored, you were being creative. I mean, all, all my teachers that, that told me, uh, you, you got to stop all that drawing. It's never going to get you anywhere. I wish I could go back now and show them kind of got me somewhere, you know, or if you would have just let me do that, I could have been even further along now yeah exactly it's like now they stifled me i think that's 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 part of why we lose our creativity as 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 adults it's like i think there's so many different things in life that stifle you i mean it's not just bills and 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 wife and kids and job and 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 car payments which is a bill but anyway um all, all, all these all these adult things that stifle you i think uh, there's so many people along your path that stifle you as well I, I think i think non-creative people really don't like to watch creative people create you know yeah. I, I think i think there's a big thing i think there's been a lot of people in my life that have really tried to stifle my creativity just because i mean i look back on it i i don't know this for a fact but it almost seems like they were just jealous you know i think that there's a lot of truth to that i had this uh, teacher in second grade mrs norton gail norton i'll never forget her all right. Good God. What grade was it again? Sorry. Second grade. Second grade. Oh, she God. hated me. And a lot mm-hmm. of it, I think, was mainly based on the fact that I just was not jiving with her like authoritarian yeah, 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 yeah. state. You right. know, she would tell me not to do something. I would right. do it almost it. immediately. Right. And I remember one week, I don't know how this flew in a public school system. Well, it's a public mm-hmm. school system, I guess. But to punish me, even though my my academic grades were above average, she made me sit in a corner in the first grade class for a week. Wow. All right. And she's like, okay, you you want to be a child? Then you go back to first grade. And I had to sit there with like my arms crossed and like these younger kids are looking at me like, who's this creep? You know? And, and I, I was yeah. just sitting there just like plotting my revenge. Like yeah. I'm going to put eggs under her seat and I'm going to set her car on fire or whatever, you know, my mind was but coming up with. that's what she was doing was stifling your creativity. And that's kind of what her goal was is to stifle your creativity because how do you get a person to fit in this in this box that you make for everyone else the same size box you have to stifle their creativity you know and i think i think it starts when we're kids i mean of course it starts as we're we're kids because that's when everything starts um but i think so many people do it to us through our lives for so long that i think a lot of people just give up 
you know i think that's why a lot of people think they're not artists where i think everyone's an artist you know like i was saying i think it was at the beginning of this episode even life can be art you know life can be a uh, a performance art you know but i think a lot of people they don't even want to look at their lives as art they just want to they, they 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 don't want to be worn down anymore by something that will wear it's an interesting thing it's like here's this thing that's wearing you down as a person and in order to not be worn down by it anymore you let it wear you out did that make any sense? I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like it didn't make sense. But. You said it in a compelling way, so I feel like I understood what okay. you were talking about. Okay, well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Co compelling talk with Robin Jack. Do you think uh, yeah. Do you think there was like a defining moment in your childhood that led you to the place you're at now? Jesus, I don't know. I, I didn't come prepared for this episode. <laughs> that's a that's a heavy one to think about it's hard to think about like what was that point you know i mean uh, there was kind of one defining moment for me okay you did have a defining moment okay but okay, i mean okay, okay. i wasn't so young i was maybe like 11 12 and it was the it was the day i quit boy scouts we had to go to the scout camp in wyoming every uh summer and i got in a massive fight with this kid in my troop because he was a racist piece of shit and he was making the classic chinese eyes oh, motion Jesus. to me you know mm -hmm. and i wasn't having it and i threw a bucket of water at his head and we nice. started punching each other and um all races should have buckets of water dumped on their heads absolutely i think just as a general rule of thumb yeah yeah. It was kind of that moment when I like quit Boy Scouts. I was like, I'm not going to the next meeting. Fuck it. You know, I'm done. And yeah. it was sort of then when I realized like my path had kind of shifted. Okay. Okay. Like I used to be really like uh, adamant in sports. I used to like run track. I used to do all this sort of stuff. And uh, it was kind of that moment where I felt like I was being, uh, pulled in another direction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know I, I ran track up until i was like 14 or 15 so i, I still did some physical stuff and mm -hmm. man that, that that that's a really heavy story to think about because it's almost like you had this experience in this pre-militant group of uh the boy scouts you know all trying to make everybody fit into their boxes that they're trying to make everybody fit into with a uniform and code of conduct and all that and and you you experience this uh, heinous racism in it and then mm, i don't know if this is true but maybe that was the point where you realize that like uh there's so much racism involved in the the uh that proto-fascist sort of mentality of making kids not be kids but making kids into robots so they can be real adults you know and and maybe that was the point where you said oh yeah fuck all this you know i'm gonna i'm gonna not do that I don't, I don't, yeah no I don't, there's there's yeah. a lot of truth to that i think no, like I, I was really that's a, that's a really heavy thing like yeah. cub scouts and boy scouts is really cool in yeah. a lot of ways because they teach you you know all sorts of like wilderness survival tricks you sure, learn how sure. to like tie knots and right. start fires and you you learn all this like really like fundamental like functional stuff the one thing i didn't realize at the time is that i was being indoctrinated into the military at a young age yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly you know, my dad was, was military and he yeah. he was a cub scout and a boy scout and yeah. he saw this path for me and i think uh yeah, Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts are very... I started military. seeing this really ugly, dirty side to like the older people in my troop. And they were yeah. just like these toxic 
jock dudes that were you know full of like terrible jokes and they were all sexist as fuck and like Mm -hmm. you know i just really realized that i i got to a point where i I realized i i wasn't i was a square peg trying to fit in Mm -hmm. a round hole Mm -hmm. you know and then that was that was the defining break when you realized that you didn't want to fit into that round hole yeah you know what i mean because it's kind of like you could have i was gonna say that you couldn't fit in well you could have you could have you could have you could have shut yourself off of who you are and became what they wanted you to be, which I think a lot of people do. But I think it takes a lot of guts to actually not do that and decide to do it your way. You yeah. Know? And the years immediately afterward, immediate segue into skateboarding, immediate segue yeah. into like discovering punk. Right, right. And it was just like, kind of a a snowball effect my parents (laughs) watched in horror from the sidelines they're just like what is happening and come home with like you know a spiked bracelet i'm just just cracking up (laughs) in 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 my head i have this scenario where you discover punk and you're like wow this isn't racist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to some extent yeah that was definitely you true. know i mean i mean some people get into punk because it's anti-racist you got into it because you discovered something wow <laughs> check this out you guys this is not racist you know well growing up one of the only not white kids in a predominantly uh, white uh, you know uh, scenario i've heard many stories from you i'm sure it's very difficult oh, okay. it was very difficult you know Okay, how about you? Was there like a defining moment that sort of like you realize you woke up and you realized like I'm gonna be an artist? Not really, man. I I didn't come prepared. <laughs> um, no, I just I, I, like I said, I just uh, drew on scraps of paper, which is kind of what I'm getting back to now. Is just uh, going back to drawing on scraps of paper because I'm trying to get that uh, adolescent creativity back. You know, trying to re-harness that. So before I started tattooing, I was singing in bands, though, which was like uh, my creative outlet. I don't know. I started growing my hair out because I was into metal. And then we did a we did a lip sync talent show. The rest of the kids in sixth grade that also had long hair, we lip synced to Queen of the Reich by Queen's Reich. Really? Yeah. And they had me on drums. I was a drummer. I should have been a drummer. I got great timing, you know. Started out on the drums, but then they realized I had no idea what I was doing flailing around back there. So the guy that actually owned the drums, he had to play the drums. So they made me the singer. And then I just kind of like decided I was a singer from then on. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I didn't do very well, but, you know, kind of just decided in my head that, oh, this is who I am now. You know, I'm, I'm the guy who sings. It's easy, you know. You show up at a microphone. Yeah. Don't have to buy the guitar and the cabinet or <laughs> Let, the drum Less gear set. to lug around. Ah, exactly. Yeah. So the defining moment was when I realized that I didn't need much money to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll go with that. Very clever. <laughs> well, what's the, what's the saying? I'm drawing a blank on sayings. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I got one. Finally, didn't even have to Google it. You know, for me, it was just like figuring out what I could do to be creative with no fucking money and no resources, you know, drawing scraps of paper. Cool. All right. That's not really a thing anymore. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to be the singer because that, uh, you know, I think I, 
I didn't steal a microphone, but I think I just borrowed my first one from somebody. But uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But I think that comes back to creativity and all of that. Like, 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 uh, uh, is there more creativity when there's comfort, or is there more creativity out of necessity? You know, because uh, during the Renaissance, that's when the when the and the Western society was in a more of a comfortable stage after the Dark Ages, you know, and you get a lot of creativity then and Sistine Chapel and all that. Um, uh, I got a funny story about the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> we might have to take a break so I can tell it though. <laughs> okay, let, let's, let's take a let's take a break. Okay, okay, okay. And we're back. <laughs> back from break. Back from break. All pissed up and pissed out. And uh, left it on the note of the uh, Sistine Chapel story. Yeah, tell me your Sistine Chapel story. Well, we might edit it out, but uh, we might not. So um, I was going to do a convention in a city that will remain nameless. And uh, usually, usually when you're going to do a convention, people will message you their ideas for tattoos and somebody messaged me uh, i'd like something similar to the 16th chapel <laughs> and, I, and i read it and i'm like wait 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 oh oh i think they mean the sistine chapel and it was interesting because they actually it wasn't it wasn't a spell check episode it was because because they actually used the the numeral one, the numeral six, and then a TH after it. So they really thought that it was supposed to be the 16th chapel. And in my head, I'm like, well, shit, I don't know where it is, but it's probably between the 15th and the 17th, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere on this planet. You what know? did you, what did you end up doing? Do you remember? I, I think I was so not confused by it because because i figured out what they were talking about but i just i i couldn't figure out like a like a like a really professional response to that that i think i just had to walk away from it you know and i was just laughing too hard to actually say i i think i think you mean the sistine chapel <laughs> Because what if they didn't mean the Sistine Chapel? What, what if they Maybe actually was... meant the Sixteenth Chapel? And I say that, and they're like, "No, you're you're an arrogant intellectual snob. Uh, uh, come on, don't you know about the Sixteenth Chapel?" That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, is that a story. good story? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing so fucking hard. About it. It's good. Sometimes you get good. Sometimes you get good stuff. I'm gonna you know? intentionally refer to it as the 16th Chapel from now on. Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to. I think you have to. That's all where we're at right now in this world. You know, uh, what 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 are we gonna do next? You know. Uh, I mean, I was in just the podcast thinking, or like in the future. No, I was I was just thinking about like I did one convention this year, Helsinki. Normally, I do like ten to twenty conventions a year, and uh, did one this whole year. So to me, thinking about conventions, it's like, can I go back to that? You know, will it be like uh, a duck in water, going right back to it, or will it be really difficult to reorganize myself to? This uh, regiment of uh, B 
being a tattoo artist and being professional and being on time and, and being like receptive to people's ideas or have I completely like uh, lost the plot and I'm just in my my own world this time is really weird because it's the first time i've ever even considered that uh, the future is completely and totally uncertain yeah, like you always go through real. the the day-to-day existence knowing that the plans that you have immediately could always change and something could always mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. different but now it's like i don't even know what next week is gonna look like yeah, exactly. much less you know the next six months right right I mean, my, my birthday's in May, and I still don't want to even try and plan anything out for that. I mean, I usually don't really plan much out for my birthday. Uh, sometimes a convention, tattoo convention will happen around my birthday, and I'll, I'll uh, angle it towards that. But this year, you just you, there's no way to know. You know. Yeah, hopefully we won't be like warming our hands over an oil drum fire while marauders are invading our neighborhood. You know, trying to beat Kevin Costner for the water reserves or something. Well, if we are, I hope we're still trying to do a podcast at the same time. Yeah, you know? that's true. <laughs> This week on We Can Edit This Out, they're coming through the door! (laughs) (laughs) And then just dead air. Yeah. (laughs) There's no more internet. (laughs) See, okay, okay, here's the thing. I'm always going to screw up the name of this show depending on uh, how I'm using it. Sometimes I'll say We Can Edit That Out, and sometimes I'll say We Can Edit This Out. So um, if our our dear listener... has the, noticed, the one remaining has noticed that sometimes I will say one thing or the other. It's because I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> yeah, cheers to that. <laughs> hey, we need to honor cheers again. There we go. Yeah. Nice one. So, um, I don't know. I think the first half of this went pretty good. Uh, we do a little bit of a wrap up. I feel the same way about my life. <laughs> Really? Because I think the first half was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I know. It's, it's a bad joke. Actually, the second half has been phenomenally better than the first. But Would you go back if you could? That's the thing. People my age, they're always sitting around talking about how they wish they could go back with what they know now, you know? And I get so bored of hearing people talk about that. That's why I'm talking about it, because it's so interesting. But uh, no, for real, Uh, would you go back with what you know now? I don't think so, because I couldn't have known what I know now had I known anything back then. Because there are are knowns, and then there are unknowns. Yeah. There are known knowns, and there are unknown unknowns. (laughs) (laughs) Is that George W. Bush? So he said that? No, I think it was actually uh, the the, the other guy with the glasses. Donald Rumsfeld? Yeah. It was Donald Rumsfeld. I'm pretty sure it was Rumsfeld. Dumbs. <laughs> remember back in a simpler time when donald rumsfeld and george w bush were the worst things we could have imagined yeah for real yeah. <laughs> they still are i'm joking um, no. i think that's a weird thing like i never was much for pining for the old days because i look back and i remember when i was 20 and realized what a dumbass i was back then right. you know? and like i'm in a much better place now but sometimes i do wish i would have like uh used my 20s to my to a better advantage right right rather than being uh passed out in a series of bars and 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I wish I would have never hit that uh, creative lull where I stopped drawing because I was more worried about uh, making a life for myself, you know. I wish I would have just kept drawing and drawing and drawing. Who gives a fuck if it's going to be lucrative or not, you know. I mean, the thing we're talking about. Yeah. It's like losing your creativity because of adult expectations and trying to regain it back. And where does creativity come from? You know, it comes a lot from childhood and it comes a lot from, you know, a, a necessity and, and not being comfortable in life. But sometimes it does come from comfortable places in life. And it's, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> it sounded good and compelling, though. Creativity. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right. Well, a lot of uh, really covered some good ground. Good covered some good ground. Yeah. Learned learned a little about each other. This was great. I think. I think coming back to what I was talking about with the future, I think. I think I would. I would like to know where where this uh, where this creativity, uh, not necessarily yours or mine, but creativity in general, where where that where that uh, leads into the future you know or or uh, i think i'd like to talk about that next episode you know and uh, maybe maybe also maybe we just talk about straight up the future uh talk about like uh 70s sci-fi movies and shit like that you know all right well until next time dear listener the one person that's still hanging on after five episodes signing out we're signing out tuning in and dropping out that's it. This has been Jack and Rob. We 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 can just we can, <laughs> we can just cut it there. I think we I think that was good. <laughs> that was good. One. Let's, that was good outtake. Let, let's quote while we're ahead. Well, we should probably listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Until next time. Ciao. We can end that out. We can end that out. Uh, so, uh, if you like what you hear, please uh, find us wherever you get your podcasts from. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please uh, hit that uh, subscribe button and... Uh, give us give us a rating and a review if you if you like it's it's great for us as well. Um, you can find us on Instagram at we can edit that out underscore podcast. Yeah, but could you say that with like feeling instead of like I, you're a robot? Really, was that robotic? It I was a little robotic. Okay, okay. We can edit that out underscore podcast. That was that was much better. Was that too much? No, no, it was great. I it put too much into it. It was exactly I? what I was hoping for. I think it was too much. No, no, no. I think that's what's going in. That's, uh, I, don't know. I think I got, it was going. I gotta back that up a little bit. Let's let's do the Facebook. Maybe you can make maybe you can find a medium ground on the Facebook. Okay. Our, our, you you announce the Facebook and then I'll sing it, but less. <laughs> okay, you can find us on Facebook at. We can edit that out. So that was better. Uh, that was kind of boring. No, but it was better. Was it better? Yeah, okay, the first okay. one was shit. I don't know. Yeah. What you're do- I don't know what you're doing at the first one, but that one was at least. Okay, okay. Here. Let me let me get a little Howlin' Wolf on the next one. Okay, uh, do the email one. Okay. Uh, 
you can also email us at WCTO podcast at gmail.com. That was good. How was that? You kind of had like a Tom Waitsy thing going. Ah, I was going for more Helen Wolf. Hey, Tom Waits. Yeah. You no, hate, I don't. No, I don't you hate, hate Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. I don't hate Tom Waits. 